everybody. Welcome back. I'm Chuck. This is Jason. We're at the beautiful Red Rock Racing Sportsbook for the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. Hope everybody recovered from all that turkey and Thanksgiving. And it's kind of crazy, the games on Thanksgiving. This past Sunday was kind of bad beat Sunday for both, side, both sides of the counter as there was a lot of games that kind of finished crazy at the end. Uh, but that's what happens in pro football. I mean, we thought we were going to get Atlanta in and we were going to get um, – uh, San Fran- New Orleans in, didn't get either, ended up getting both Cleveland and Jacksonville in, so it kind of switched kind of crazily at the end of the day. Yeah, the Sunday games were, were amazing, especially the morning games uh, where it was kind of back and forth in the spread cover, but this week has really been an outstanding week between the World Cup soccer, NBA, hockey, uh, the college football. It really is a full week, and that's normally what we see here at the end of November with everything going right. on, so let's jump right into it. Uh, I'm excited for another right. big weekend. Now, we, lose a, we lose a little bit on the college football schedule, college basketball but really good start games. to take over right. but the championship games right. here and obviously these are going to have monster implications as to who we're going to see playing in those uh, right. championship playoff games real quick before we jump into college you guys um i mean the crowds here jay have been phenomenal for world cup i mean we've we've had all the games on even early in the morning the 4 a.m games i mean the crowd that we had yesterday for iran and usa was just tremendous i mean it was so loud i could hear every everything going on from my office and it's been a lot of fun so don't forget get signed up for STN Sports. We know there's some early times for some of these games and everything else that's going on right now. We know it's a busy time of year for everybody. There's honey to-do lists and stuff going on, but STN Sports right now, up to $100 bonus, and it really dials you in for all these off times that events are going on, especially the World Cup. Yeah, we're going to start to see 7 a.m. game times kind of be predominant here, 11 a.m. with the with the knockout stage. We had, shout out to Boulder Station for their uh, right. the Mexico-Argentina game. They had 300-plus people packed into the railhead going nuts. Didn't get the results they were looking for, so maybe it was, Mexico can have a big game today. Um, but the World Cup actually really- kudos Christian Christian Mayshack, the manager over at Boulder, great job kind of organizing that, putting it together, and having some fun for uh, for your guests for that World Cup game. Yeah, the, the World Cup games have been really really good. We've seen some big upsets, we've seen right. some uh, dominating performances. Still pre- see Brazil at the top of the favorite right. list uh, with uh, France and Spain kind of coming up right behind them. But it, it looks like this could be kind of wide open. I know Brazil's been a prohibitive favorite, but it looks like a lot of teams are playing uh, really well and obviously injuries are going to take their toll but USA with a monster advancement um, to, Although that wasn't good for us I mean from, from that particular game standpoint uh, the fact that they advance and now are going to be playing in the knockout round is kind of phenomenal for, for World Cup I think for USA and really I think the atmosphere that we're going to see in the book when they play it's Saturday the Netherlands, right? yeah. yep. it's going to be a, just a crazy type crowd um, and the atmosphere I think will be you know just second to none it, the crowd here yesterday there are people were sitting down on the floor. I mean, it was so loud. It was just really kind of cool to come out in the room and observe that. Well, the U.S. Uh, Christian Pulisic has been the star, right. the uh, big big goal against Iran, and um, he's got banged up in that game. He's right. expected to play. Um, the U.S. have not been uh, an offensive juggernaut. We've got right. two goals in the three games we played. The big thing for the U.S. is they've only allowed the one goal. Right. Um, so going from there, look for that defensive standpoint. Maybe they can play the Netherlands in another tight defensive game, and obviously these games aren't going to end after 90 minutes and injury time. Uh, we will go to, to extra time and then do a shootout after that being in the knockout stage. And the Netherlands dominated their group stage, uh, scoring five goals, only allowing one in winning the group stage. So um, it'll be a tough test for the United States, although Netherlands is a very short favorite here. Um, at common, I think the goals, over-under goals is two and a half under, and you may, you may see some places that have a two out there. 
Uh, but hopefully this will be a, a great game. And again, we're looking forward to a monster crowd uh, on Saturday morning. Yeah, it kind of leads into the college football slate that day. You'll have this early in the morning. So now we're going to jump to from football to football, uh, college football. And we're going to kind of break down the, the four teams that are in the playoffs right now and their opponents this week. So we're going to start off with uh, Georgia LSU, uh, number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs. They're 17 and a half point favorites against LSU. LSU really toward the end of the season has lost some games that I thought they, they should have won. They were kind of in the conversation two or three weeks ago. Georgia's 17 and a half point favorites. Not an overwhelmingly high ticket count. 52% of the tickets are on the Bulldogs against LSU. Yeah, and again, kind of a similar situation last year for Georgia in that, you know, do they really need to go win right. an SEC championship game? They're already in the um, college football playoff. A loss here to LSU probably doesn't knock them out of the college football playoff. They're locked into that one spot. Well, I wouldn't say locked into that one spot. Um, we'll talk about the number two, Michigan. Michigan goes and beats Purdue, and Georgia was to lose. They probably would fall out of that number one spot because because Michigan will earn that spot. But uh, kind of a motivation. Um, and obviously, you talk about running running the table, going undefeated, winning a national championship. That's what Georgia's uh, looking at here. So that's why you see the big number. And you talked about LSU's kind of struggles uh, here in the last couple of weeks. They had a chance to be in this playoff game, um, even with the two losses, right. um, to be able to go and and uh, win an SEC championship to leapfrog themselves into the playoff. Uh, But I think this is a game that uh, Georgia needs to get a quick start. LSU, uh, one of those teams that struggles in the first halves and seems to play well in the second halves. So if Georgia can kind of put them to bed early um, and watch LSU chase that defense allowed them to get after Jaden Daniels and kind of do what Georgia's scripted games do, get after them early and then be able to run the football. I think you look at Georgia and, you know, we know how dominant their defense was last year that led to a national championship. Number two ranked defense in the country this year it's hard to get off to a quick start against that defense they're they're so dominant that they 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 change your game plan somewhat well and the big question here for georgia is is how much do you want to put on tape for whether it's a usc a tcu or ohio state they've all seen it whoever they're going to see you don't want to put any new plays in. You don't want to put anything else in. So you're just going to go with that new offense, and then you'll introduce you know your expanded offense for that that first playoff game. So Georgia just wants to get through this, keep all their guys healthy uh, to then make that playoff run. So now we're going to talk about the number two ranked Michigan Wolverines, um, undefeated, uh, back to back years now that they've beaten Ohio State. They were you know underdogs in the game against Ohio State, over a touchdown underdog last weekend. Just dominated that game, especially after the first quarter. It was so impressive. Excuse me. After Jim Harbaugh lost four straight years to Ohio State, and they said he couldn't get over the hump, he's now dominated them in two straight two straight years. They are 16 and a half point favorites against Purdue. 68 percent of the tickets are on Michigan, so everyone's kind of backing Michigan to continue that trend, go undefeated, be the number two ranked team in the country going into the playoff. Yeah, I mean, you look um, obviously the big win over Ohio State when just the week before that they have a squeaker of a win. Uh, I think it was 1917 against Illinois. Um, so they. they they haven't been dominant as they go through these games. They've had some tight, some tight games there. Um, I don't know if it's a motivational thing or Could it's be. just a matter of the running game. Obviously. Blake Corum has been absolutely fantastic. We've seen some other guys have some success there. They had the big play capability with McCarthy, um, be able to find receivers on the backside with those big plays against Ohio State. He's been really good, McCarthy, in these big games. That, that's what they're going to need to do here, and that's what they're going to need to do as they go through these playoff games and potentially a national championship is continue to McCarthy to hit these guys on the back end. Purdue has really been kind of a surprise to come out of the other side of, of the Big Ten, and we'll call it the – 
the, the crappy or, or the, <laughs> no, nobody wanted to win that side and kind of Purdue ended up winning it by default after Iowa gets the loss and um, they really struggled last week against Indiana until the second half and Indiana kind of fell apart and um, Purdue was able to put up a bunch of points I don't know again we talk about the motivation of Michigan and 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 they've got some games where they just seem to kind of squeak through the game right. they to me they could go and blow this Purdue team out Purdue O'Connell sits in that in that backfield I can see the uh, Michigan defenders really getting after him and sacking him and if they play an offensive game where they um, you know throw the football Purdue is is not that talented on the defensive side either so I think this is a game Michigan can really dominate however we've seen where they just come with these lackluster performances it'd be amazing to see them in a in a Big Ten championship not come with a big effort um, the other thing that's here is this game's in Indianapolis so if there's ever a time for Purdue, Purdue to right. uh, Get a big, pull an upset, right. have a, a home fan base in a neutral site game, um, it would be with the, with the game being in Indianapolis. Going off script a little bit, as impressive as Georgia's been, as impressive as Michigan's been, they both are undefeated. Uh, they both win their playoff games. National championship game uh, in SoFi, in Southern California. What do you think Georgia-Michigan would be? Uh, I, I really depends on how they look in I the look. playoff game before it. I think Georgia's still a favorite over over anybody at this point in time. Probably somewhere in the four to four and a That's half. That's what I was range. thinking. May, maybe you see it a, a, a tick higher, but but I think it's got to be below a touchdown. The the big thing for them as they sit today is that they're both big favorites. Right. G, G, obviously, Georgia more over USC if they stay in the four hole. Uh, Michigan probably be just short of a touchdown favorite over TCU as they sit right now. Um, but but again, both games where they would have the ability to to potentially put on a show right. and beating USC and beating TCU before they would get to that national championship matchup. Uh, so now we're going to jump at maybe the, the biggest surprise um, in the, the four teams that are in the playoff right now, and that's the TCU Horned Frogs. I don't think anybody thought we'd be talking about an undefeated Frogs team right now. Um, they're playing Kansas State. They're a small favorite. Game opened up two and a half. Early action, the first big bet we took of the week was on Kansas State, which caused us to drop uh, this number a little bit. But the betters, you guys have been all over TCU for the last six weeks. Early on, you haven't changed. 78% of the tickets are on the TCU Horn Frogs here. Yeah, it's been uh, an incredible run for them. They've had some really close games that they've been able to squeak out of. A lot the of end. pressure for them uh, here, though. And then they've been doing. They've been a covering machine as well. Right, they, yep. They've been covering a lot of games. Um, this is a, a revenge game uh, for Kansas State. They lost by 10 at TCU earlier in the season. A game that Adrian Martinez, their starting quarterback, went out in the first quarter. Um, their uh, other guy was able to come in and have a really, really good game. Uh, Kansas State was actually up at halftime, right? 28 to 17. And ended up losing 38 to 28. So TCU outscored them 21 to nothing in the second half. I believe Kansas State missed two field goals um, in that game as well. So uh, Kansas State's uh, going to be ready for this. And anytime you lose a game to a big uh, Big 12 opponent, you want, and you get a chance it's to play them a second to beat time. A team a second time, right? Yeah, and, and you know, from Big 12 standpoint, you always wonder is those conspiracy <laughs> theories of, of Big 12 able to get into the, right. the playoff game and, and the money that's going for the Big 12. But uh, this looks to be a fantastic game. And Reese Davis on the on the playoff show when they put TCU in that third spot and the fact that they were sitting undefeated really believes that even if TCU loses this game to Kansas State that there's a high likelihood there they stay in the college I'm going to disagree playoff. with Reese I don't think that happens if they lose this game but Reese had said that he believed that only Ohio State had a chance to leapfrog back in uh, and only believe that if USC lost to Utah, Ohio State would find themselves back in, that TCU wasn't in jeopardy, that they would only fall to the, fall to the four spot as they're obviously an undefeated conference championship, playing an extra uh, championship game um, that a one-loss Ohio State team um, 
wouldn't get in under a one-loss TCU game. We both know from a right. power rating standpoint, right, a Big Ten versus Big 12 standpoint, that Ohio State um, has that from sitting in the five spot where they're at with that one loss. Um, but we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Maybe. If Michigan maybe goes and, and crushes Purdue this week, right. maybe that even helps yep. Ohio State a little bit more in their argument. But I think TCU and, and, and USC probably both have to win this game this week. That's what I think, too. I, I think if you look at TCUs, okay, if, if they get beat on a last now, second. But what if they both lose? What if TCU and USC both lose? Does Ohio State then maybe squeak to the three and TCU falls to the four? Maybe, And they right. don't leapfrog a two-loss Alabama, Alabama team into that four a, spot. A lot's going to be strength of schedule, I think, with that. I, I think that Bama and Ohio State are still in the discussion. Um, a lot depends on how good those two teams look this week, Ohio or um, uh, TCU and USC. I think you look at TCU and, and understanding what Reese is saying is, okay, if they lose on a last-second field goal in a really good game, but if, if they got beat, say, 38-17, to 17, I, I don't see any way that they're in the playoff at that point. Yeah, I, I, really I would don't. agree with you there. Max Dugan's been incredible. They've had an incredible year. You play this extra conference championship game, which Ohio State and Alabama aren't doing, it's going to be a good argument if we get through this week. Uh, hopefully we're you know, not seeing that. Hopefully we see these teams uh, play great this week and earn their spot into the playoff rather than, than somebody backdooring their way into the playoff. And, and now the game that might generate the largest handle of all four of these games that we're talking about. It's in our backyard at Allegiant. It's Friday night. It's Utah against Southern Cal. A revenge game for Southern Cal. Their only loss came at Utah in a really good game. Um, you know, if you look at the power rating, I know we discussed it beforehand, figured this game would be maybe USC 1, 1.5 one or so. They're a field goal favorite. Overwhelming ticket count is on Southern Cal. Early action, we saw a lot of money come in on both Southern Cal on the point spread and the money line, and a whopping 82% of the tickets are on the Trojans right now. I have to think if this game gets any higher, you're going to see some, some sharp action come in on Utah here. Just there's too much value. But right now, we are clearly Utes fans on Friday night. Yeah, and we sit in what, you know, I would consider ourselves a Southern California fan base. Absolutely. And, and everything that we do. And obviously, we watch this Pac-12 team, and they run the table. Uh, obviously, the loss to Utah. Caleb Williams, uh, most likely, we're, is sitting on a Heisman Trophy right now. Right. With yeah. the way that he's finished the year, um, the big uh, game that he had against Notre Dame. Um, he had a monster game against Utah. Utah beat them. 43 to 42. It was a great and, game. And a game that was back and forth, back and forth. Utah scored 15 points um, in the fourth quarter to, to USC. And Southern seven. Cal had the ball at the end. Remember, yep. with a chance to go down the field and win it through the interception, which ended. And, the and game. that game was at Utah. You know, which is a. It's a particularly tough place to play. Cameron Rising was absolutely incredible in the game. Kalen Williams threw for five touchdowns right. um, in that game. I think Rising threw for three touchdowns and also had two rushing touchdowns. So we'll see if it's still going to be a fast track up and down with these guys going. Um, maybe it being here at Allegiant and the neutral site. The one thing we are talking about, a Utah team that has lost three games this year. Um, they lost to Florida. They lost to Oregon. Um and they uh, one of their loss, and they're obviously with them right. having the, the three losses. But all of those were on the road. Right. Oh, they lost to UCLA right. on the road. Um, so you know, maybe going off site, not not a, a, a true but, road but game. Both but both schools a, a really travel game. well. So yeah. you're going to see a huge fan base, I think, for both Utah and the Trojans here on Friday night. I'm really impressed with uh, USC's defense uh, against Notre Dame. I really thought that Notre Dame had the tools to go in in there and, and beat USC. Um, didn't spread um, the Trojans out the way we've seen like UCLA right. and them do. They tried to play power football against USC, and that USC def defensive line was able to, to stand up to, uh, to that. And that's kind of what Utah likes to do as well. Now, 
Utah a little bit more familiar with that UFC defense than probably what uh, Notre Dame was and what Freeman was. So I expect USC or Utah to spread things out a little bit. Uh, but I still think this could be another up and down game, and it's going to come down to a key special teams play or maybe um, some key defensive play or some turnovers. Um, I do expect these teams um, again. USC's got to pull out pull out all the stops right, yep. um, with being fourth in the country and knowing that if they lose this game, um, they're going home and they're not go- or not that they're not going home, um, but but they're not going to a national championship. Right. So I expect them to maybe go for it on a couple more of the fourth downs. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, field goal fakes or punt fakes. I expect USC to pull out all the stops here. Don't forget, if you do go to the game too, you got to have STN Sports for, <laughs> for the in-play, for the second half of the game, especially if it's one of those back-and-forth games. You've got your sports book at your fingertips. So if you haven't signed up, make sure you get signed up for STN Sports. So that kind of breaks down, you know, the four big teams right now who are in the playoff that we've kind of talked about. There's a host of other conference championship games going on this weekend as well. Check it out on STN Sports or your favorite uh, Station Casino's Racing Sportsbook for all the odds and all the kind of fun stuff that's going to be going on this weekend. So we finished a little bit of of soccer, college football. We're going to be back and jump into pro football on our next section, or next segment, excuse me, of bookends. Hey there, my name's Stephen Money, and here's why you should bet on me, the STN Sports app. These are my best buds here at Station Casinos, like my friend Jimmy here, and he'll help you get on me. Wait, that sounded weird. Cut. It only takes a few minutes to sign up. Just park at any of our 14 convenient sign-up locations, walk in, and you'll be signed up in minutes. And don't worry, I got all your favorite sports covered, and a lot of betting options. So what are you waiting for? Download the STN Sports app today and trust the local favorite. Hey everybody, we're back on the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. We're going to jump into the pro football schedule this weekend. And AFC East kicks it off on Thursday night. Bills at Patriots. Bills are still chasing the Dolphins, chasing the Chiefs. Patriots come off that loss to the Vikings on Thanksgiving. This is a strange game, Jay, because actually the money really favors the Patriots, but the ticket count really favors the Bills as 59% of the tickets are on the Bills. It's a big game for both these two teams. I don't think the Bills can afford to lose as they're chasing the Dolphins right now and, and kind of hoping to get that number one seed. And I don't think the Patriots can afford to lose. Well, we see both teams coming off the extra extra rest, um, getting the Thanksgiving Day game and, and coming into that. Um, the Bills has been scoring points, and then it's Josh Allen, is he going to throw a red zone interception that kind of kills us? They've been kicking a lot of field goals um, lately, and not add that get, prop to that game. Not getting in the end zone, um, you know, a lot of money on them. Thanksgiving Day against Detroit, um, able to to win the game, but not necessarily get the cover. Um, the Patriots, we see them struggle at home against the Jets, not able to put up an offensive touchdown, score the special teams touchdown with 13 seconds right. to go to beat the Jets, and then really play a great game. I, I thought they were the better team on the field um, on Thanksgiving Day against the Vikings. Um, but again, special teams right. uh, didn't go their way that day. They allowed the big kickoff return, and, and the Vikings are able to go ahead and win that game on them. So uh, New England's ch- kind of been just up and down, and um, the Bills have been the more consistent team, but they've also been more consistent in just some of the turnovers that they've made. So maybe it's the fact that you're, you're getting points here with the Patriots. Um, hopefully, you know, we've seen this New England uh, winter wonderland that we've been kind of up in the in the great uh, uh, northeast up there has been some snow games and some nastiness. Uh, so, uh, again, check your weather report, uh, what's going on in New England this week. All right, another big game, AFC against NFC, and that's Jets against Vikings. You've got the 7-4 and four Jets, the 9-2 and two Vikings, which very quietly they're kind of 9-2 and two right now. Um, something kind of has to give here, though. Vikings are 5-1 and one at home. The Jets are 4-2 and two on the road. Mike White has done a – or he 
you know, he came in last week, did a good job. I think Robert Sala should just not even talk about anything as far as a quarterback controversy. It's Mike White's job the rest of the season. I mean, he looks like they play better for him. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, much more involved in the offense. I think the defense stepped up. Um, but the Vikings are getting the backing as far as ticket counts go. 66% of the tickets are on the Vikings at home, who, again, are 5-1. and one. Their only loss being the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, again, they get the extra rest. Jets played on Sunday. Uh, the Vikings get the extra rest. Obviously, we know Justin Jefferson and Thielen and adding Hawkins into the offense and Cook. And it, sometimes it just comes down to Kirk Cousins playing well or not playing well. Um, we do see this Jets secondary. And, and it's the first road game for yeah. Mike White. The, the, the secondary for the Jets, Sauce Gardner, right. uh, is an absolutely fantastic. It'll be an incredible matchup to watch Jefferson and Gardner. I Still can't imagine. Thunder. I can't, can't imagine that Gardner's not going to match up against him. Um, but really the question mark here for me is the Jets and is what we're seeing out of Mike White. Um, we saw Zach Wilson have success the team five and two two terrible losses to the Patriots gets him yanked Mike White comes in I don't know how successful Mike White is he had a monster game 300 yards but it was against the Bears and we've seen just about every offense have success against right. the Bears the big question for me on the Jets this week is I don't think Michael Carter is going to play so they're banged up in the backfield uh, Ty Johnson's kind of their running back they've got another guy there I don't even uh, know the name um uh, that'll probably be their, their lead runner, and then Ty Johnson's the third down back. So it's going to even be more on the shoulders of Mike White uh, to find the Corey Davises, to find the Garrett Wilsons, to find the Elijah Moores. Which but the Vikings may, have shown yeah, you can pass against them. It may be well right. to not try and run on them and be right. able to pass them. So I, I just think this is going to be a tighter played game. I think that the, this Jets secondary might be able to slow down uh, Cousins, uh, and so maybe this this game is something to look to, for the under, despite the fact that these teams are both going to have to pass to win this game. Uh, another game, which is a great game, I, I think, you have Titans and Eagles, and the same thing we just talked about. The Titans are 4-2 and two away. The Eagles are 5-1 and one at home. Very close ticket count. Only 51% of the tickets are on the Eagles right now. Here's an interesting stat. Tennessee is 5-0 and oh against the spread their last five games on the road. So even games that they've lost, they're in the game. They play a very close game. We saw them on primetime a few weeks ago against Green Bay really take the Packers out of their offense. Packers only had three possessions the entire first half. With Derrick Henry, you eat clock, you control it, you don't give the other team the ball. I think the big difference here is that Tennessee is number two in the entire league against the run but they're 16 against the pass. So this is a game that I think Jalen Hurts is going to have to open it up to all of his wideouts and beat them in the air, not on the ground. Well, one of the reasons that Tennessee has got that great against-the-run statistics is they play teams that don't have a lot of success running the football and the Texans and the Colts right. and the Jaguars uh, in their own divisional game. So they've been able to stuff those teams. You can go back even further, Chuck, and talk about their game against the Chiefs where they, they kind of dominated that game against the Chiefs and then lost it late. So Derrick Henry gives you that feature to be able to keep the other offense off the field. But you know what the Eagles do best? The Eagles keep other offenses off right. the field because they're able to run the football successfully. I was amazed this past week. But if week. they can't run it, what I know, happens? but I was just amazed this past week to watch this game with the right. Packers and the, the, the fact that they traded points. They got right. up early 14 or nothing. They let the Packers get back in it and then go, go back and win it again. And so um, I think this Eagles team is just progressing and seem to right. be getting better and better week after week. And they're figuring out when they want to run the football, what they can do in the passing game. And I think they're just becoming more and more of a dangerous team. But this Tennessee team truly, believe me, I, I think that we talk about the Bills and, and uh, Chiefs all the time on the on that AFC side. This Tennessee has some 
something dangerous got some about grit. them. Uh, yeah, yeah, about them and, and Tannehill, and now you get um, that Traylon Burks, who used to be kind of the AJ Brown right. um, guy of it, and now you have AJ Brown going up against um, the Titans team that he left, and so there's a lot of intriguing stuff going on here. Um, it won't surprise me if, if we're in a, a need of the Eagles, as I think the public's going to continue to back Tennessee, especially as they get points. So, so now a big NFC East matchup: Commanders Giants. They're still going to play twice before the end of the season. Similar to some of the games we've talked about, G-Men are 4-2 at home. Commanders are 4-2 on the road. Um, the last five times these two teams have played in New York, all five games have gone under. This is a game, too, where the money has been on the Commanders, which have caused this number to go up. But the ticket count is on the Giants, where 61% of the tickets are on the Giants. Interesting here, if you look at teams in the NFC, outside of the San Francisco 49ers, who have won four straight, the only team that's on a three-game winning streak is the Washington Commanders. All four teams in the NFC East right now are playoff teams if the playoffs started today. Yeah, and Washington's been doing it on the defensive side of the football. Their defense has been absolutely fantastic over the last several weeks. They also have a two-headed monster with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson running the football. It hasn't been all Henneke. He's had some big completions. Um, they, they, they probably should have lost last week, though. I mean, the Falcons, first and goal from the one, less than a minute to go, a chance to win that game. Mariota doesn't get in. He actually loses a couple yards on the first play. Then he drops back to pass, uh, gets the ball batted down, and then Washington's able to come down with a big interception. So Washington hasn't been dominant in these games. Um, this is really the, the the betting public is finding themselves on the commanders here, I believe more so because the Giants have really, really kind of flipped. They, they, they were hot. Uh, I believe they started off 6-2, and two, and they've kind of just kind of flailed since then. Um, and really it's it's on the offensive weapons. It's been the Barkley show and Danny Dimes. Bellinger might be back, though, right? Danny Dimes week? has been able to contribute, right. but they, they really don't have the offensive weapons from a receiver standpoint. Slayton's been there. They trade Kadarius Toney. Um, they, they just don't have anybody that's threatening on that passing game. Bellinger's been out. We talked about him being the young tight end here from Las Vegas. Um, had the eye injuries. Been out for four weeks. Has possibility to come back this week. Uh, but they really need to find something on offense. And, and the key to that is getting Barkley going. Right. So then you can find some guys on the back end. And they just haven't been able to get Saquon Barkley going the last several weeks. And Washington, what they've been doing on the defensive front has been stopping those running games um so this is a, a bad matchup when you look at it from a giant standpoint um played competitively tough against dallas for a little bit um last week but just weren't able to finish right. the job so here's another game where two teams are playing from opposite conferences which you could make a case I mean, there's like three i think super marquee games of the week tennessee and philadelphia this is another one and, and that's going to be the miami dolphins who travel to san francisco to play the 49ers two teams right now that lead their divisions they're both playing really really well right now this is one of those games, too, where the ticket count favors Miami, where you've got 68% of the tickets on the Dolphins, but the line has actually gone up because money favors San Francisco. Well, again, we see San Francisco with the big win in Mexico uh, against the Cardinals come back home, where I ex expected them to have somewhat of a sluggish game after playing in the 7,000-foot elevation in Mexico on the short week of Monday night, having to play against the Saints team. They went 13 to nothing. The Saints did have their opportunities to cover in that game. Again, uh, goal line stand there by the Niners. The Niners, though, they're developing all these weapons, and Garoppolo continues to get better. Uh, four touchdowns against the Cardinals, uh, has the one touchdown against the Saints. But when you can add McCaffrey to Debo Samuel, to Ayuk, to Kittle, right. you've got so many guys that they can go to. Um, Miami is a little bit banged up on their defense. I, think, I believe they have five uh, defensive starters that are questionable or, or possibly not going to play in this game. But when you can go to Hill 
and Waddle, um, and really uh, kind of a two-headed monster right. in their backfield as well. As long as Tua is not making those big turnovers, they've got potential to go up and down the field as well. Kind of a, a, a half of a bye week last week and playing the Texans. Uh, they get up early, kind of allow the Texans right. to come back, don't have a lot of pressure on them. And really, from an AFC-NFC standpoint, this is an absolutely fantastic Great game. game. And really still a key game um, in that NFC um, with the Niners needing to win. Uh, obviously, the big loss by Seattle with the Raiders going able to beat Seattle. We've seen the struggles of the Rams and Cardinals, but still the Niners want to continue to win this game, and, and obviously uh, Miami's still fighting. All those teams in the AFC East still fighting for a spot. We know Miami loves offense, and you kind of alluded to it, how they can, they can open it up and score. Um, over the last two years, though, the last seven games San Francisco has played at home, six of those games have gone under. So we'll see how that works out for Miami's offense in this one. Uh, another one we'll touch on really quickly, uh, Chargers Raiders in, in our backyard. Uh, Chargers are 4-2 and two away. Um, and they have a losing record at home. We've talked about it. They're probably the only team in the league that doesn't have a true home field advantage. The Rams are the dominant team in L.A. and in SoFi. I still think at some point the league moves the Chargers. They seem to have more of a comfort level on the road where they're 4-2. and two. The public had, you guys had left the Raiders after nine straight weeks of backing the Raiders. You left them, and the last two weeks they win in overtime both games. Um, ticket count right now favors the Raiders somewhat. 57%. We've seen this number come down a little bit. Don't forget, these two teams played Monday Night Football, or the last game of the year. It was a primetime game last year. Winner gets in, loser does not. One of the best games of the year, if not the best game of the year, that the Raiders ended up winning in overtime. A rematch of that game. Chargers, Raiders. Raiders on a two-game winning streak. Chargers come off that big, uh, you know, going for two after the touchdown win against the Cardinals last week. Yeah, uh, you got two teams that... They, they don't like playing each other. This is a divisional game. It wouldn't matter what the records were. Uh, these teams want to get after each other. Obviously, the Raiders, the monster win. Again, two overtime wins in a row um, over Seattle. Um, this is one of those ones where it's just a, this is going to be a turn on the TV and, and watch, uh, watch what goes on here. Obviously, uh, Brent, uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, all-world game, game, 300 plus, and we didn't know uh, if he yards. was going to play. Yeah, last week uh, again against Seattle, um, we've seen if, if he can have that type of game and just half of that type of game. What what a, a, a matchup this will be. Um, same type of running back on the other side of the field uh, for the Chargers and Austin Eckler, and really it's been uh, Herbert and what the health of his receivers has been. Um, whether it's Keelan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, Josh Palmer, he's just seen kind of a rotational right. receivers in there, not having his guys this whole year. Um, so the Chargers have, have been trying to piecemeal it kind of on a week-by-week basis. But um, this is one of the ones for me that this is uh, just I mean, outstanding games as these teams sign a, kind of bolt, find themselves last three minutes of the game, who has the ball, and can you score the touchdown or can you make the stop uh, in almost – Half, half, if not more than half of their games are decided think, in these last games. I really of the think game. this is one of the best kind of schedules we've seen over the last month or so. Even the Thursday night game, Bills Patriots, you know, you had the Vikings Jets in that mix too, Commanders Giants, who are both in the same division and going for a playoff spot outside of the marquee games we've talked about. But maybe the biggest game of the week, the biggest marquee game, Bengals Chiefs, rematch of last year's playoff game. Both teams are on win streaks right now. Chiefs have won five straight since he's won four straight. Uh, ticket count really favors um, the uh, the Chiefs right now. 
Uh, they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. 70% of the tickets are on Kansas City in this game. Yet Cincinnati is 8-1 and one against the number their last nine games, and they're 5-0 and oh straight up at home against Kansas City. They find themselves in a dog roll here. They're tied with the Ravens in the AFC North. The number one seed in the AFC right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. For some reason, when I look at this game, I just feel like the scoreboard is going to be, be lit up. I mean, we talk about we, we got some injuries, you know, question mark. With Fun Mi- from a fantasy standpoint. Mi- Mixon, and, but Perrine's been absolutely fantastic right. for them with Mixon being out. Jamar Chase should be back. Could right. potentially be back. We'll see how much he can kind of kind of throw himself on the field. Um, Boyd went out of their last game, but T. Higgins has been absolutely fantastic. So Burrow just has so many different weapons that he can go to. McLaughlin, obviously, an incredible kicker. And the Chiefs, it seems to be a different guy every week. Uh, Kelsey's uh, the staple, and he constantly has the go-to, but the running back with uh, Hilaire being out, Pachenko's been great. Uh, And again, he just finds these different receivers. Um, Hardman's out of the game. He finds Smith-Schuster. I said it perfectly first time (laughs) out of the box, but uh, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely incredible. Congratulations to him and the family. Just, I think Patrick Mahomes the third uh, was was born this week. So obviously he'll have some uh, wanting to have that great first game after his and son been the born. The Chiefs so. just added Melvin Gordon too to their practice yeah, squad. I just I can see this game being one of those games um, where both these teams kind of light up the scoreboard. We've kind of touched on you know what we think are the, the marquee matchups of the week. Uh, don't forget you got the Sunday night game Colts Cowboys and Monday night game a big uh, NFC South battle between the Saints and Bucks. Although the Bucks are the favorite here, they haven't had a lot of success against the Saints. Um, you know, both teams below 500. Kind of the ugliest division in the NFL right now. We'll see what happens on Monday night. So we're going to come back, you guys. We just finished our pro, our college, a little bit of soccer for the good, the bad, and the ugly, and Stephen Money's football fantasy fever. I can hear John cue it up the music right now. We'll be back on Bookends. It's football season, baby. And you know what that means. It's time to bet your buns off. And when it comes to sports betting, you better bet with the STN Sports app. So what in the heck are you waiting for? Download the STN Sports app today and trust the local favorite. Hey everyone, we're back on bookends here at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook. And now two of our favorite segments, Stephen Money's Fantasy Football Fever and of course the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to kick it off with a little fantasy chat first, Jay. Um, Quarterback. I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. Um, I know he's had a phenomenal year. He looked so good in that game against the Packers. First quarterback ever to have 125 yards passing and 125 yards rushing at least in the first half of that game against the Packers. I think with Tennessee's defense, who's been so dominant, I know we alluded to that earlier, um, against the run, I think Hurts opens it up this week and has a 300-yard passing game and three touchdowns through the air against Tennessee. I'm going to go with a sleeper kind of as well and take Jared Goff uh, playing at home against the Jaguars. Total is somewhere in that uh, 51 and a half, 52 range. Um, I just think him and Amon St. Brown are going to have a, a monster week this week. Jacksonville, to me, is a secondary that can be beat. I do expect this game to go up and down the field. I think Trevor Lawrence um, should have a good game as well going back against the Lions. Um, and I think that we've seen so many Jamal Williams touchdowns every week that this is the week that they do it all through the air. Maybe we get some more um, uh, DeAndre Swift catching the ball out of the backfield, but I think that this is a, a big week for Jared Goff. I think he puts up potentially 350 yards um, and probably three touchdowns. All right. Running back now, I'm going to go Nick Chubb. Um, the Browns play at the Texans. It uh, looks like Deshaun Watson will get the start. We know the Texans are woeful against the run. They can't stop anybody. I know every time excuse me, Watson drops back to pass, you know it's going to be a tough environment to play in. I think they run Chubb a lot to the right, a lot to the left. I like Nick Chubb this week. They have over 125 yards rushing and at least one touchdown on the ground. I'm going to go back to the well 
And with my running back, I said that I liked Jeff Wilson Jr. last week against the Texans. He had, he had the touchdown, decent game. I'm going to go back to Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, playing for the Dolphins in San Francisco. And normally, I wouldn't want a running back playing against the Niners at all. I'd want to go somewhere else. But the motivation factor here for Jeff Wilson Jr. after getting shipped right. from the Niners to the Dolphins, getting to play for the Dolphins back in San Francisco against the Niners. I just love the I love the motivation factor for Jeff Wilson to go back in there, uh, have a solid game, score a touchdown against his old mates. Uh, I'll take Jeff Wilson. What again? I think could be a high-scoring game against uh, between the Dolphins and Niners. You know what's really interesting about that game is that you know they make that trade when McCaffrey comes back when, when they make the trade for McCaffrey and they know that Elijah Mitchell's coming back. So those two backs have looked dynamic the last couple of weeks. Mitchell has looked fresh and looks great. Now you've got Elijah Mitchell who hurt his knee. He's out for six to eight weeks. Could miss the rest of the season. CMC, Christian McCaffrey, actually has knee soreness, so there's a chance that they're going to scale his workload bad. Don't you wish they had a Jeff Wilson right now to kind of plug in? Um, all right, wide receiver. One wide receiver I'm not going with, and we talked about this earlier, I'm not going with Justin Jefferson this week. I love him, but what a battle that's going to be. Sauce Gardner against J.J. I think you have to really watch that. Um, wide receiver-wise, I'm going to go with George Pickens. I think you look at this Atlanta secondary, they definitely can be beat. I really like what, what Pickett did on a Monday Night Football against the Colts. Pickens had a few drops, but he also had a touchdown and some really big plays. I think this young receiver emerges as the number one receiver for the Steelers and Kenny Pickett. I like George Pickens to have a big game against the Falcons. We talked about Jared Goff and liking the Detroit matchup against Jacksonville. I also said I like it on the flip side. I think Lawrence has a big game. Um, so I'm going to go to Christian Kirk, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that we see an up-and-down game here. He's their possession receiver. I think that Lawrence has a lot of fun picking on that Detroit secondary. I think Christian Kirk's the guy to do it. I think he puts up two touchdowns this week wow. against the Detroit Lions. That's now, that's a juicy fantasy tidbit, guys. All right, we're going to jump right into the good, the bad, and the ugly right now. I'm going to go with something kind of, you know, off script a little bit for the good. Here's an interesting uh, stat, guys. The good. If you had teased, okay, listen, you'd be 22-0 and if you had teased every Broncos and Rams opponent this year by six points. The Ravens and Seahawks are their opponents this year. Each can be teased inside of three. So 22-0, and think about it. That's the good if you've been playing teasers this year. I, I don't know what you're doing. You're giving out free winners? Pick, you're giving out winners? I, I don't know if they're 20, free winners. 22-0? 22-0. Wow. I'm just giving you a, a really wow. kind of cool stat, you know? Just like uh, Carson Wentz, who hasn't played since week six, and Joe Flacco, who hasn't played since week three, has the same amount of touchdowns as Russell Wilson. So that's even the ugly. You know, I can skip the that's, ugly now. That, that's that's uh, that's an awesome teaser uh, tidbit there. Uh, you know, good for, good for me is just the college football playoff as we see the way it sits um, with the with the one, two, three, and four. I love the fact TCU three, USC four gives them the opportunity if they win the win their games this week. I don't think there's any controversy to it. I think that if these two teams win. Uh, the four teams are in, and there's there's no arguments whatsoever, right. and um, we're sitting in, sitting pretty. Now, we'll see if that's the case next week, and if uh, uh, anything happens to, to leapfrog in Ohio State or in Alabama um, to backdoor their way in, but I love where we're sitting um, in the college football playoff right now. I think the good, too, we can touch on is, um, is World Cup and the USA advancing to the uh, uh, knockout round. I think it's kind of cool as well. Yeah, 
not only just the USA, but just the World Cup in general. Um, the crowds have been fantastic. We were a little bit worried about the World Cup not happening in kind of that June-July standpoint and being in Qatar and being in November mixed with college football, everything else that we have going on. But the early morning games have really allowed people to come in and play uh, at right. a game time great. where we normally don't have it. And it's really been a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to the knockout stage. Yeah, same, same. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with the, the bad now. The bad is the, the New Orleans Saints offense. <laughs> they were getting nine and a half points, and we were big Saint fans. Our biggest decision on Sunday was we needed the Saints, getting nine and a half points. Uh, they, they managed to lose 13 to zero, but in that, they missed a 48-yard field goal, had 11 plays, 11 from inside the five, and couldn't score. Now, I know they've been going with Andy Dalton for the last you know month or so. Jameis Winston is healthy. He's expressed kind of some dissatisfaction with not giving a shot. I don't get it because I think from, from with Alave and, and Callaway and some of their young wideouts, I think that opens up the game so much more for Kamara underneath if maybe you have Winston playing quarterback. But for whatever reason, it is Dalton's team, it looks like, for the rest of the year. And my bad, is, or my ugly is really, or bad I should say, is the New Orleans Saints offense. Yeah, it was frustrating to watch. I've just talked about they were one of the biggest games of the week this past week, plus the nine points against the Niners. Really could have used them. Kamara fumbles twice in the game. Uh, we saw Juwan Johnson drop a touchdown pass in the end zone that would have got that cover. He also dropped the fumble that Kamara yeah, had. On right, Kamara's right. fumble, he, he was the one that jumped up and get it. So, yeah, uh, equally on the bad with the Saints, uh, it was it was really frustrating to watch. And, I, you know, the Falcons in that same boat, you know, first and goal with a chance to go right. and beat the, the Redskins, was another, or the Commanders, was another game that um, the books really could have used. Um, so the, the, you could throw the Falcons in there with them not able to, to finish that uh, goal line drive as well. And, and, and the ugly, I know I touched on it, it's, it's the Broncos' offense. I mean, the Broncos lost. Is, is it just a permanent ugly? I like, think so. Touch on the Broncos' ugliness every week. I think so. You know, I, I know their their mantra is kind of "Let's ride." Uh, they're clearly not doing that Rides right now. Closed. You know. uh, I, I guess. Yeah, you need you need another ticket to get on that ride. Uh, but I mean, if, being Bears fans, it's great because uh, the Bears were able to leapfrog the Panthers now, and they have the number two pick uh, because of that. So um, my, my ugly, I, I'm going I'm to go to the NHL. Um, and unfortunately, I'm going to pick on our Chicago Blackhawks. Um, we've lost seven straight But we now. knew this was coming. Yeah, I mean, not expect the big team. We're going to see if they trade Patrick Kane, if they dish out any of the other guys. But um, they just haven't been good. They allowed seven goals, I think, to Winnipeg uh, the other night. They've had a bunch of games where they've allowed six. Uh, the goal differential is just not there. Uh, so between the Blackhawks, who's lost seven straight, and the Anaheim Ducks, um, who I think I have the same six wins, um, and their goal differential is like negative 37. Um, been able to get a lot of cheap wins by picking on the Ducks and the Blackhawks. There's a you know a generational type talent in Connor Bedard who's supposed to be you know coming out this year or available for the draft. So we'll see how it, uh, you know it's early, but those are kind of the guys that uh, Bedard and Vitali that a lot of these teams will be targeting to help turn their their franchises around. Uh, so we've touched on a lot today, guys. Don't forget. Get signed up for Estee and Sports, up to $100 bonus going on. Um, looking forward to seeing all you guys this week with a lot of big games. Again, for me, one of the best slates of games in the NFL that we've seen probably in about six weeks. Uh, so we'll see you guys next week on the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. He's Jason. I'm Chucky. We're here at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook. Stop by and say hi. Good luck with all your bets this weekend.